This is Brett Saxon, and you know you made it when you're listening to Not Good. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am Matt Rashavi. Welcome back to the podcast that critics around the world are calling, uh, you listen to it for me. All right. Thank you for the commitment there. It's always impressive to hear. Uh, but yeah, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Hopefully you did. I'm sure you did. Um, you know, maybe there's some challenges that happens in Thanksgivings. Um, a lot of people meeting with their family for the first time in a while. Um, that's huge. So for me, I would tell you all about my Thanksgiving at this point. But truth be told, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So a little earlier, a little ahead of schedule instead of doing it the day of like I normally do. <laughs> but uh, but listen, that's okay. So we'll talk more about how my Thanksgiving was um, next week. But for now, let's get into, let's have the first segment be, let's do some random news. Uh, since it is Thanksgiving week, uh, let's talk about this. Um, I love this story. Every year it comes back up because there was, I'm sure you guys have heard this story about the grandmother who sent a text mistakenly to a stranger. This happened in 2016. Woman is Wanda Dench, that's her name, of Mesa, Arizona. She accidentally sent a text to Jamal Hinton of Phoenix. Uh, she thought basically that he was her grandson and was inviting him to Thanksgiving dinner. The catch was her real grandson had changed his phone number, so the text went to this guy Hinton instead. Um, and that's always crazy that that happens. Um, I found that too, when people have changed their cell phone, gotten a new number and didn't let you know. <laughs> and you're like going into a full conversation and then it's just like, oh yeah, that's not the person at all. That's great. Uh, but anyway, so after this confusion, the two sent selfies to each other and then Hinton, who was 17 at the time, asked if he could still come over for Thanksgiving dinner. That's bold. But why not? You know what I mean? I'd probably do that too, just for the like the novelty and joke part of it. Um, and ended up like they've developed this fast friendship. Um, so each year, Hinton posts a photo of himself and Dench. Dench is now 64 and they celebrate Thanksgiving together every year. So the 22-year-old confirmed that they're all set for year six, and so that's that's huge and awesome that that, that keeps going on. So that's one of those stories that kind of keeps melting your heart or heart, however you pronounce it. Uh, but uh, last year, the two shared a holiday meal for the fifth time, and this was following the loss of Dench's husband, uh, Lonnie, who passed away from COVID. Uh, the couple had been married for more than 40 years and Lonnie died in March of 2020. At the time, last year, they were saying, you know, she was saying it's going to be different. This is my first Thanksgiving without him. Uh, reading this, I'm just like, it, it, this story takes you on all the emotions. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what a beautiful, okay, now I'm going to cry. Great. Oh, all right, back to happy again. But yeah, she says it's going to be different. Uh, my husband was always right behind me telling me how proud he was of Jamal and me for what we've done together. Well, it is something very, very special. Um, 
And uh, yeah, after this year's dinner, Jamal has been quoted to say, uh, it was great. Uh, the turkey was still a little dry. Just a little chewy. Uh, no, that would be awful if this whole beautiful story was just ruined by something trivial like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like nya, 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 chewy. Just a little chewy. Um, this one was kind of interesting, not really a Thanksgiving story, but, uh, I've had the luck of driving around on these, uh, have you driven on these motorized coolers? I think you can get them at Walmart. It's just a blue cooler on a metal platform with four wheels. It's got an engine handlebars. It's just driving on this like little tiny cooler, little cooler ATV and you're driving around. Uh, but this was in Australia. So this person was pulled over. And officers impounded the vehicle for 30 days, and the man was cited for driving without a license. So you gotta, if you're going to drive those this Thanksgiving break or any time for the holidays, um, just make sure you have yourself a license. The police uh, said that in a statement, they consider this a vehicle due to the size and engine capacity. And because of that, they, whoever's driving this must comply with legislative requirements and road rules. Good point. Sad news for some Guinness World Records breakers are trying to break this. Um, this one especially, an Idaho man said it took him four years of attempts before he was finally able to break this record, which was the... And I know I'm bummed because now I, I have to stop. There's, you know, I have to stop doing this one and even trying to break it. But this was the fastest 100-meter dash while juggling blindfolded. So there you go, everybody. If you were trying to beat that one, it just got a little tougher. Um, David Rush, who's broken more than 200 Guinness records. There are. There's a ton of people that are just, they just keep trying to up themselves, which can be dangerous. But this guy said that this particular record was more difficult than most. I would, I would say that'd probably be accurate. <clears throat> and he said it was because uh, Guinness required him to remain remain in his 48-inch lane for the entire run. So that would make it challenging for sure. <clears throat> they should make this new uh, Hallmark movie. This would be uplifting. Because he said after 22 failed attempts, he ended up setting the record at 16.29 seconds. Not bad. I might From there, let's move on to some TV reviews. This is some TV that I've been watching that I've been enjoying. Uh, Yellow Jackets is a brand new show on Showtime. It's got Christina Ricci. I think I've talked about this a little bit, uh, but it is a great show. It's about a plane full of... This is set in the 90s originally. It goes back and forth from the 90s to present day. But in the 90s, in this story, it is it follows a team of soccer players, female soccer players that are going to the Olympics, I believe. And they're on this plane and their plane crashes. So it's all about them dealing with that. And it's very kind of Lord of the Flies ish. Um, very dark, very disturbing two episodes. in, second one gets gnarlier. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. 
but this is one of those ones where you're kind of nervous too. Um, you can already see this, the screws being turned and everything ramping up. But, it, you know, it gets you wondering, like, well, how would you react in these situations, as all great TV shows and movies should do? Um, what would I react to on this? Would I eat somebody? <laughs> how would I taste? I think I would taste pretty good. I'd probably be very salty. Um, I don't think I could eat with somebody or eat with somebody. <laughs> I prefer to eat alone. Thank you. <laughs> no, I don't think I could eat somebody, but it's one of those things where clearly they thought that too. And people that have been put in that situation, right? Where, you know, they have to eat to survive. So I don't know. It got me thinking about which one of my friends would probably taste better. Um, you give it a thought. Would you taste good? Um, also, for Twisted Thoughts, uh, Dexter, the new series, has been going um, three episodes in. I'm getting a little nervous now because they're starting to kind of get back into that old formula. A lot of uh, voiceover from Dexter. But I do like that the format still looks different. It's not that same intro you got used to seeing for eight seasons. And, um, you know, it's still shot differently in this newer style, different style than, than the show had been, which I think is is a much-needed change for the show, for sure. Um, the other thing that I'm actually excited about and haven't seen yet, but have been reading reviews on it, and is is the new Peter, Peter, Peter Jackson uh, movie that's going to be on uh, Disney+. Plus. It's a seven-hour documentary, The Beatles Get Back, which Jackson called from 60 hours of studio sessions. So that's kind of cool. He basically did this... Um, you know, so it's Peter Jackson, and he immersed himself for four years, it says, to bring to life you know, this documentary. Um, all this was shot originally in 1969 by this guy Michael Lindsay Hogg for his film Let It Be, um, but Apple forbade him from including a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. So then it became, you know, kind of, kind of fell on Peter Jackson to do this. Um, pretty awesome, it looks like. It'll be good. It's all... I don't know if it was originally, you know, what the footage was like. It sounds like he had to do a lot of cleaning up of the footage. And he's used to that. They did the They Shall Not Grow Old documentary, which is a World War I documentary that if you haven't seen, I highly recommend that. That's what they were able to do with that. They actually hired lip readers to, because uh, there was no audio on that. And they have actors talking, so you can hear voices. They recorded voices after the fact, but they hired uh, lip readers to see what they're saying so that they could actually have the actors say the accurate words. Uh, but yeah, so this film will be shown three parts on Disney Plus from November 25th to the 27th. That is The Beatles Get Back. So check that out. Um, and he talked about, as far as for structure, he... You know, knew that he could have recorded and filmed people after the fact, talking about what that was like, but decided to go the other approach of just, you know, being fly on the wall. Said that they do enough explaining themselves during the actual recording, the Beatles do, and that it uh, it makes sense. Then you know, they're kind of they're telling their own story, so they're they didn't need a it didn't need a narrator, which is good. So I'm very interested to check that out.
All right, so now let's go to checking in. Why not? How are you? Sometimes you just need people to check in with you. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Like I said, yeah, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We'll get more into detail about my Thanksgiving next week. But planning as of now to have it at my parents' house, and we're recording in Minneapolis this week. Very cold, but uh, but yeah, it is good to be back. Um, it's funny how hot California was though. Right before I left, it was ninety degrees every day. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was that's a lot of heat. Um, I'm made for the winter. I feel like, um, but yeah. So yeah, I hope you are all. You know, I had a great Thanksgiving, like I was saying. Um, I Did you guys do dry runs for your Thanksgiving meals? Do you do that? If some of you are, if this is your first time that you're cooking a meal, do you practice before? I feel like that's what happened in this apartment in Minneapolis last night. We came back to the apartment, and this hallway was just covered in smoke. I mean, and the smell of just burnt <laughs> It was uh, it was not the most pleasing thing, um, and now I'm doing a podcast about it where the neighbors can probably hear. No, I don't think they can. Thick walls, thick doors. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know that's fine. You gotta you're gonna and at least better you figure it out now. Like okay, this is what I should do to not burn this. Um, but yeah, it's challenging. I I couldn't do it. I'm not a good cook. Um, that's for sure. So my parents are taking the helm of this one. And that is that is good news. Uh, but yeah, so came back from California. Um, it was pretty cool. This uh, It was about a week and a half ago. I went to Beverly Cinema, which is Quentin Tarantino's movie theater, and saw a double feature of 80s slasher films. I highly recommend going to that theater. And they don't just do, you know, slasher horror. They have, you know, it's a retrospective theater of uh, of all kinds of movies. So there's something for everybody in there every night. And uh, this night was perfect for me because it was a double feature of 80s slasher movies. One was Silent Madness and one was uh, Madman. So Madman played first and then Silent Madness. Madman is cool. Both these movies are cool to check out too. Uh, and they're just kind of fun movies to have on at a party where you can kind of just like laugh at some of it too like seeing these with a full audience there's some real cheese factor moments that are best experienced with a full full crowd that was pretty good um but you know one thing too is that when i went down down there so that's in la proper and i was traveling from pasadena and i get down there and um the guy goes, and I had my ticket and all that, and this guy outside goes, okay, do you have your uh, proof of vaccination card? And I was like, ooh, I did not have that. And I was like, oh, what, um, you know, do you, and I had heard before that they were starting, like maybe the day before I heard that LA was going to begin the crackdown, but I thought I still had time, you know what I mean? I wasn't even thinking that it would happen immediately, but it did. And he goes, well, if you have a picture of it, you might be set you know, we can take that. And I was like, ah, you know, what's the luck of me having taken a picture of it? And so I'm scrolling through all these photos and you know how it is. It's so easy to take photos on your iPhone anyway. So you end up taking like 20 a day. So you have all that. And then, so I'm scrolling through this massive amount of photos for the last few months. I knew I had gotten vaccinated about six months ago. So luckily found the photo 
but it was like I literally had no idea if I took a photo or not. And I was like, uh, I was like, how strict are you guys on this? Um, what happens if I don't find a photo? It's like, yeah, you're not getting in. <laughs> so it's kind of good too, like you know, especially because you're sitting in with a bunch of strangers in a theater. Um, and then we still had separated seats and stuff like that. So there was social distancing, but it was good to know that they are taking it that seriously, but the movies were great. Um, like I said, Madman is about this killer Madman Mars that goes around in the woods. Great 80s slasher. Highly recommend that. Very cheesy, but great. Silent Madness is awesome. That's about a criminally insane man who's accidentally released from a mental hospital. Uh, Sidney Lassick plays this uh, de- like detective, kind of bumbling um, deputy, uh, a la Andy Griffith show. But uh, really good and super, super funny. Sidney Lassick, is, uh, he's passed. I think he passed away in 03. But he was in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, and he steals the show. So it was kind of cool seeing this actor really dominate, you know, someone who I'd only seen do supporting. And he was a supporting in this one, but he fully dominated and stole the show. So this wasn't going to be a movie review uh, uh, checking in segment, but, uh, but yeah, check out those. Madman and Silent Madness, two great 80s slashers. Great for the holidays. And throw Let's talk comic books. Let's do some comic book reviews for the week. Um, these ones are actually ones that I've uh, been able to catch up this week and was really glad I, I could. One of them being, I've talked about this in the past a bunch, but it's Batman Reptilian. And this is probably my one of my favorite comic books of the year. It's six issues, and each one just takes you in weird turns. And it's basically... It's Batman being so nerd alert, obviously. Well, you know, it's no surprise here. <laughs> but uh, so Batman is considered the world's greatest detective. So this comic book lays out, you know, through six issues, more of a detective story than you see in some Batman um, issues and tellings. So this was great because it's all about. It, it's kind of got this huge horror vibe too, and slasher in a way. Going back of after what we were saying. Because it is Batman's villains being killed one by one. So Two-Face and Scarecrow and Penguin just being completely, and they go into graphic detail, being maimed. um, And they're being taken out one by one. And so Batman's got to try to figure out, you know, what's going on and who it is. And it all leads to, spoiler alert, um, Killer Croc. But uh, I won't go into full detail, but uh, it has to do with, the reproductive system of Killer Croc and this enzyme that's produced too that when people smell it, it drives them crazy and into a murderous rage, which happens when people reproduce. Um, but yeah, written by Garth Ennis. The artwork's amazing by Liam Sharp. I, I keep talking about how the art is, it's something different than you've seen from the normal tellings of what these characters look like this is something completely different worth checking out um this one this next one is called eat the rich and this is kind of great going off of yellow jackets too so i just can't escape 
the idea of what people would taste like. Um, this is about a woman dating a guy, dating a gentleman. Let me ask you this. If you're dating somebody and all of a sudden you find out that this love interest of yours, someone that you are getting along with perfectly, you meet their family for the first time and it turns out that they're cannibals and they have <laughs> this, uh, this is highly relatable. Um, and then it turns out that they every once in a while have a big human sacrifice and everyone's expected to participate. One, would you participate? Two, do you still stay with the guy? Um, and in this one, that's, she does and she does. And to me, that's the thing of like, okay, this is definitely taking a very twisted turn, but also is the point where it kind of loses me too. Cause I don't know if anybody would fully do that and would, but there is that thing I read. I remember in college, that idea of the mob mentality too. Like if there's a bunch of people doing something, somebody's more likely to do it because everybody else is going along with it. If, if you're not like a full independent thinker and even some very independent thinkers get kind of lured into lured into doing it. Um, but yeah, yeah, very weird. So now that's right where I'm at is she's kind of fully adopting this lifestyle. So we'll see where that, that goes. Um, yeah, Twisted Comic Books. Um, also, real quick, Ant Number 1, um, Eric Larson. Basically, this comic book was originally made a long time ago, this series, like in the 03s, um, and was written by Mario Gully. And he was arrested for armed robbery, and while he was imprisoned, came up with this idea of Ant Number 1, as this ant kind of crawled through a barred cell window. And he used that as inspiration for this comic book and ended up selling the whole, the whole property to Eric Larson. Um, in, I think a few years ago. Yeah, I think a few years ago. And so this is ant number one, the kind of reimagining and kind of basically taking all of those previous storylines and putting them together. Really good book. Highly recommend that. That's from Image Comics. So check that out. Ant number one, Batman Reptilian, and Eat the Rich. Smile, we hide our teeth. We treat strangers like family. All right, so moving on to some advice. If you have any advice questions, Again, reach out to notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com, and we'll answer your questions on a future podcast episode. A woman this week was talking about, does she stay with a handsome verbal abuser or leave and end up being alone? So the person she's with, very handsome, but very abusive. Here's the thing. If... It depends on how handsome they are. If they're handsome, you gotta stay in this relationship. Hands down. No, no, of course not. I mean, this is where you... It's so funny that that's even... Uh, you know, And not to kind of shoot down that, that idea. I understand it's a legit, a legit question. Um, but it's one of those things where if somebody is treating you wrong and poorly, don't stay in that relationship. Hands down. I don't, I don't care if this person is Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie, or a combination, if they're both pursuing you. Um, 
But if they're not treating you right, if Brad and Angelina aren't treating you right, then don't stay in it for sure. That's my, that's my thing. Um, so this person, another person wanted to know, how are you happy? How can you be happy for friends when you want what they have? And also they wrote, uh, you know, when a friend succeeds, do we have to, you know, do we have to kind of have this envy or can we have the happy face we put on? Can we have that be real? Yeah, I think you can. I've found that I genuinely do love when friends, colleagues are succeeding. I love that because it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, just seeing just seeing positivity in any light. The good thing is to, and it's easier said than done, but to not, um, to not uh, judge yourself based off of your friends or colleagues because that will drive you crazy. So if you can learn to really appreciate other people's journeys and be like, oh, cool, that's where they're going. You know what I mean? That's awesome. I'm not there yet, or I'm not even supposed to be there. Um, if you can kind of look at it like that way, it's a different way of training your mind to think, but you get more out of it because you're kind of experiencing happiness with other people and for other people. Um, but I prefer that. And, uh, and listen, if not, have you thought about just stealing from your friends? If they have stuff that you want, just steal. I mean, there's options is what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's options. Um, all right, so final one this week is... Oh, actually, we got two more. Uh, but one is a parent and daughter... <laughs> okay, so this uh, woman's little child um, created this massive Lego creation, right? And has it on a rug, and the 10-year-old doesn't want to take down her Lego creation, and... The mom's very frustrated because this is impeding on her cleaning duties and just um, uh, not giving her access to the rug and to that area. She wants to know, should she break it down um, or leave it up? Well, here's the thing. You probably had it up for a while. You know, do that. Um, Have your proper enjoyment of it. Take pictures this is a, a great success. She did an awesome job. You know what I mean? Um, what a, you know, because that is, and depending on some of these, you see some of these Lego creations and they are like full on, whoa, works of art. So take it in for that. And then, um, you know, then I think you should, you know, test the water, see how she feels about it. And if she doesn't want you to do it, then I think you look her right in the eye and you break it apart piece by piece while laughing maniacally. So that way it scars them for life. No, I mean, uh, I think if it's on a rug too, I think you could maneuver it. And most of these are built pretty solid. And so I think if you are, you know, delicate with it, I think you can maneuver it into some other space where it could still be preserved, if you will. Uh, Finally, someone wants to know, how do I get better at small talk? Small talk is stuff, is stuff. <laughs> small talk is stuff, uh, stuff you can talk about. And it is, it can be infuriating because some people are great at it. I'm not the best at it, but uh, I find that the key, this is an actual not messing around um, advice, is to find stuff that you can relate to, some common ground and stuff that you like talking about because that helps. 
Um, and that's huge. But yeah, when you're stuck on a, like if someone corners me with sports, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch like on the nightly news, you know, the, some sports stuff will pop up. So I know a little bit to get me through, but I don't follow sports as much as a lot of people do. Um, but, uh, but what I found too, I had done the study, uh, when I worked at a liquor store growing up in Minneapolis and I would just, when people would come in, I was testing the small talk theory of like, you could talk about anything. And I remember just saying, oh, the weather, right? Weather, 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 weather. Like not even saying full words. And people would be like, yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's like super hot. It sucks. And it's like, uh, you know, so sometimes people just want to communicate so bad. So don't put so much pressure on the small talk too. Because I think people just want that interaction. Finally, let's get to some movie reviews for the week. Um, lots of good movies out. A uh, bunch of new stuff coming out over new movies and TV coming out over the holidays for Thanksgiving. But we'll you know tackle all that next week. But as far as what came out that I've seen recently is uh, well. Let me before I get into that actually because I saw something that I really loved and. You might have seen it too. A lot of people have seen this movie. But there's two movies coming out this week that uh, um, a lot of people are excited about, but also there's been some lackluster reviews. Um, That's for House of Gucci, and that's the Ridley Scott movie with Lady Gaga, and then Resident Evil Raccoon City. So both movies have been getting kind of lukewarm reviews, um, which sucks because I think House of Gucci is like two and a half hours too. So if it's not the best it's kind of uh kind of hard to slog through all that but i think it's it's one of those things the cast is so good and i think it's pacino it's it's got a lot of good people adam driver i feel like it's gonna be good reviews might be rough but still give it a shot and to be honest ridley scott is he's just really good i feel like his style is always unique he's got a different uh approach than a lot of directors um, he was on the most recent Mark Marin podcast on Monday. So check that out. Uh, hear him, you know, they talk about Mark Marin comments about how this guy actually just loves his own movies. And that's great to see that he has so much love for his creations. And even the ones that haven't performed the best, you know, at the box office, he still has, you know, interest and love for them. But uh, but that one's definitely very interesting to hear, and I'm I'm curious to to see what it's all about. So I'll definitely check it out. And Resident Evil: Raccoon City, people are just saying that it's not, you know, it's supposed to be this reimagining of the series and kind of a reboot, if you will, but just isn't. You know, it's missing out the key elements that made the original series great. You know, I guess uh, better. You know, it's. A review I said was better special effects, but I feel like some of the special effects on those original Resident Evil movies, I've watched one on TV the like maybe a year or half a year ago, and looked kind of rough. So I would have to imagine that these 
I would imagine these special effects now are a million times better. But uh, but yeah, so there you go. Two lukewarm reviews on, on those movies. But I'll check them out and let you know. Um, but what I did see this week that I loved was King Richard. This is the story of uh, Serena and Venus Williams' dad, Richard. Um, and kind of, it's his story... And their story too, but his story of, of training them into these, um, you know, tennis icons. Um, and it's one of those things where watching this movie, it is so inspiring. And I get, I do not look like a sports guy in all ways. Um, but the movie is so inspiring that it made me feel like, oh, no, I think I could play tennis. Like, I just need someone to believe in me. <laughs> as much as as Richard believed in his kids. Um, But so the interesting thing that I wanted to point out was that on Monday they reported that 707,000 U.S. households watched the Will Smith movie, King Richard. So everybody watched it on HBO Max over the weekend or sat in theaters. But the people that watched it, the study was for the ones that watched it on HBO Max. The service said that the majority... Of this, of the people watching it, watched it from start to finish without pausing, and it said that it had a view completion rate of a hundred percent, which is interesting because this sentence says that a majority of people watched the biopic with it, and then it says it's a view completion rate of a hundred percent. Maybe they just round up, but I can say for myself because it's two hours and twenty four minutes, I paused it right in the middle. And then watch the second half the next day. Because to me, like 90 minutes, and you know, an hour and 11, 90 minutes is like perfect time. Two, two and a half hours is kind of, that's a long, that's a long time. But a lot of people, I guess, are watching it all the way through, and they should. This is a great movie and one to check out. Um, good or not good, I give King Richard a good. I think you should check it out. And um, in honor of Will Smith, I give it four out of five. I am Legends. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the podcast for the week. Thanks for checking it out. This has been Not Good in name and quality. Uh, reach out to notgoodwithmatt at gmail.com for any comments or concerns. Uh, I hope you're having a great holiday with you and your family, and I uh, hope you're giving a lot of thanks and receiving a lot of thanks. Um, and I'm thankful for Nalo and the Unis for great music this week and every week. And yeah, we'll see you guys in a week. I love you.